What's up, guys? Brett Apple here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC Vegas 58 on Saturday. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fizayev. I think this is the third time they've tried to make this fight, so hopefully third time is the charm. We have 12 fights on the slate as of now. Should be a good one. As usual, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play of the week. Tournament play of the week, salary play of the week. I'm going to continue with these extra secondary tournament matchups that I like as well. Been having a lot of fun with that. Before I get into my picks, as usual, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment below. Let me know uh, who your favorite play is in the 8K range this week. Again, there's going to be a lot of uh, high upside targets. I think a lot of sneaky targets that may be overlooked in the 8K range, so potentially a range that could separate you from the field if you're on the right place. Without further ado, let's get into my cash game play of the week, which is going to be David Onama at 9.3K. All right, for cash games, I like David Onama at 9.3K. And you know the drill by now. With cash games, we don't screw around. We're playing the best plays on the slate. I feel like Onama has to rate out among the very best, if not the as the very best cash game target on this slate at 9.3K. Uh, he's fighting Garrett Armfield, who's making his UFC debut on Saturday. Armfield is 8-2 and two professionally. Actually fought Onama in... 2018 on the amateur regional scene that was his last fight before he went pro and interestingly enough he's mostly been fighting at bantamweight where this fight will be taking place at featherweight onama was originally scheduled to face i forget who it was um off the top of my head but uh that opponent pulled out armfield stepping in on very short notice here and it's no surprise that Onama is a massive favorite. I see him up at minus 740, up north of minus 900 on some books. He is the biggest favorite on this slate by far. Onama was supposed to fight Austin Lingo, by the way. So, yeah, taking on uh, Armfield, he's going to be a big, big favorite. Also, minus 160 to win inside the distance. The first time these two fought, you know, it was actually somewhat competitive uh, for the early portions of the rounds an amateur fight. So we're only getting three minute rounds instead of five minute rounds. And it's, you know, four plus years ago. So we're all, we're taking it with a grain of salt, but, um, Armfield had some success early was, was fight striking competitively, landing leg kicks and Onama kind of took over down the stretch was, was kind of putting a beating on him late, but Armfield did survive. Armfield has never been finished in his pro career, um, excuse me, by knockout. He has been submitted. That was in, what, 2021. He lost by rear naked choke. He also lost to Ronnie Lawrence on the regional scene, but he's never been knocked out. And that's kind of a, the interesting angle here from a DraftKings perspective because Onama's going to be very, very popular in cash games and tournaments at 9.3K. If he doesn't get a knockout, I'm not certain that he ends up on the optimal lineup but he seems very safe has a pretty high floor in this particular matchup a guy who's just fought at an incredible pace through his early ufc career onama even in his ufc debut against mason jones i really really like mason jones uh for his pace and and jones took him down eight times landed 87 significant strikes and onama hung with him pretty tough you know scrambled up when necessary landed 90 significant strikes of his own and then most recently again had a little bit tough of a first half of a first round against gabriel benitez 
came back strong to win by brutal knockout late in that fight, put up a big DraftKings score. And I just think Onama's very dangerous. He's a very dangerous striker who can fight at a high pace, throw volume. And he's coming into a matchup with Armfield where Armfield's taking this fight on very short notice. Onama's going to be much bigger, five inches taller, four extra inches of reach, has the physicality, has the power, and, and maybe Armfield just survives. But I don't think Onama, even in a decision win, is going to kill you like as an example, we're, we're coming off that fight last week with Sean O'Malley, Pedro Munoz, where I was pretty convinced we were going to see an up-paced matchup, and we just did not. Munoz was scared to death to engage with his hands, and O'Malley clearly assumed that uh, that Munoz would, would push forward and was very hesitant to engage um, as the leader in that fight. So that was, that was pretty shocking. I think we're going to get a high pace here. I think we're going to see a lot of striking exchanges, and it wouldn't surprise me if Onama had... Um, if Onama hurt Armfield at some point throughout the fight, especially down the stretch, given the cardio, given the late notice. So Onama minus 160 went inside the distance. He's uh, an excellent target on this slate and the fighter that I will be paying up first and foremost to in cash games. Moving on to my tournament play of the week, I am rolling the dice once again on Ronnie Lawrence at 8.4K. And this is a guy that I've been high on from a fantasy perspective since before his UFC debut because he fought on the contender series and put up you know a great fantasy score even though that obviously wasn't counted from a DraftKings perspective landed a bunch of takedowns and in the UFC thus far he has put up some big big numbers because he's an aggressive wrestler and is facing opponents who are relatively weak defensively he's landed 12 8 and 6 takedowns in his last three fights he has active ground and pound and he's even improving on the feet a bit 3.54 significant strikes landed per minute, 1.62 absorbed. That's pretty good, though. Obviously, it's skewed a little bit because he's having so much success on top. Mostly, I like Lawrence here because he has the wrestling upside, and he's 8.4K. It's as simple as that. In his UFC debut, he put up 135 DraftKings points. In his most recent matchup, a decision, he put up 131 DraftKings points. And he's going to be popular here, and... I'm not so convinced that he wins. I think Said Yokub Kakramanov is an interesting matchup. Um, Kakramanov, you know, has some striking skills, I would say, and perhaps could land takedowns too. But Kakramanov also has shown kind of some weak defensive wrestling and was held down for a long period of time in his UFC debut. So it's not that Lawrence is such a lock to win. I'm giving out these tournament matchups. It's never that they're guarantees to win by any stretch. But if Ronnie Lawrence wins, which he is minus, you know, 130. So it's, again, not a guarantee. But in the better than 50% chance that Lawrence wins... I feel like it's still going to come from a semi-high volume of takedowns, which arguably will come with control, which will come with non-significant strikes. Yeah, he may not put up 135 points once again, but he's priced at 8.4K. I mean, if he's giving us 85 to 90 points, he can be competitive with the optimal lineup, 100 plus, and he's you know nearly a shoe-in. So I definitely think Lawrence has a high floor in a win, and a, he's shown to have an incredible ceiling in a victory as well. He's only plus 385 inside the distance. I'm not necessarily expecting a finish, but I do think Lawrence, with his aggression, with his um, willingness to attempt takedowns at a high rate, just has a high floor and ceiling, and I love him in tournaments on DraftKings. I will quickly mention that Kakramanov 
should be in your player pool as well as more of, I would say, a, a lower-owned secondary leverage-type target because um, for what Lawrence excels in, he was dominating his last fight through two rounds and then got hurt really badly in the third round, got knocked down twice, was nearly finished. And it does feel like if he loses, it's probably going to come by knockout or submission. I doubt many fighters kind of in the lower end of this division are going to outpace Lawrence per minute, but I think it's possible that he gets hurt or submitted. Kakramanov won by submission in round three of his last fight, and I'm not going to be high on Kakramanov, but just to point out, he's plus 275 to win inside the distance at 7.8K, and he's going to be very low-owned, especially in comparison to Lawrence. So from my perspective, like how I will play, how I will approach this fight is I will likely just load up on Ronnie Lawrence. I think he has tremendous upside, a great price point, likely to compete for the optimal lineup in a win. And in lineups that I'm not playing Lawrence, I'm probably going to be overweight on Kakramanov as well. It'll act as a little bit of a hedge, but it's also a leverage spot in the sense that if Kakramanov wins, there's a decent chance it comes inside the distance. Not only will that give me a huge benefit for playing Kakramanov in a small percentage of lineups, himself at 7.8k but you're killing off the entire portion of the field as well that's on Lawrence so it's a good matchup to target one that I'm going to be overweight as a whole on but obviously Lawrence the much preferred play and the much higher upside in this matchup all right let's move on to our salary play of the week I'm going to give out Rafael Dos Anjos at 7.2k and I don't have like a, a strong underdog that I you know that I'm I really believe in. I'm so confident it's gonna win. And truthfully, even some of these guys, you know, sometimes they win and sometimes they lose. So we've had success with guys like Jake Matthews, and on the other end of it, it was Sean Strickland last week. Didn't decide to wrestle, got KO'd in the first round. It is what it is. So there's not many underdogs that I'm like really, really excited to target. I just feel like Dos Anjos is underpriced at 7.2k in the main event in the main event against Rafael Fizayev. He's plus 180 to win. And I think it's fair to favor Fizayev in this fight. He is a excellent Muay Thai striker, throws at a decent rate, just a dangerous guy, a good athlete. But we really haven't seen him tested, especially in terms of 25-minute fights, especially in terms of defensive grappling. Yeah, his takedown defense, Fizayev, 95%. It's been good in a couple takedowns he's faced against Brad Riddell and whoever, Mark Jacasey. I think Dos Anjos is a little bit better than those guys as a pure wrestler. And Dos Anjos, in all of his recent wins, has a lot of grappling success. Two takedowns, four takedowns, six takedowns, five takedowns in his most recent wins. And a win for Dos Anjos, I think, in part comes from landing takedowns. I don't expect it to be dominant, but I do think that's a factor in his game where if he has success, th that's partially where it will come from, and that adds to his DraftKings potential, his DraftKings upside. The other issue is the, the cardio for Fiziev, and it's not that he has terrible cardio or that he's going to lose this fight if it goes to decision, but you can make a decent case that Fiziev lost the third round to Bobby Green and the third round to Mark Jacasey and the third round to Alex White because he's a very explosive striker and he, he's you know throwing big shots and the his energy is deteriorating over time. So against a fighter like Dos Anjos, who seemingly has incredible cardio, has gone the 25-minute distance many, many times, 
um, there's potential for Dos Anjos to have success late in this fight. Maybe he just doesn't survive long enough, but for 7.2K, I'm willing to take some chances. If Dos Anjos wins, even if it's not inside the distance, uh, which he's, what, plus 450, so not really projecting a finish there, but even if he does win a decision, he's likely landing a few takedowns. He's landing a, a fairly high number of significant strikes, and he has plenty of upside for this price tag, even in a loss. I mean, Dos Anjos, the fight is, what, minus 155 over four and a half rounds. Even in a loss, you could get 30, 40, 50 points from Dos Anjos, which is not going to win you a tournament. And I hate to use that as a, a reason to play him because in tournaments, you should sort of still be looking to pivot away to guys like Michael Johnson, who I'll touch on, or Petrosian, or whoever, who are going to be lower owned, who have win equity as well. So we're, we're, we still only really want Dos Anjos in tournaments if he's going to get the win. And I don't think he's exceptionally likely to get that win, but there are still sort of some unknowns with Fizayev that considering the price tag, I'm willing to take the chance. Again, Dos Anjos is just a very experienced career veteran, obviously with the well-rounded game, striking, grappling, cardio, and for the price tag, tremendous upside. So I like him in cash, and I definitely am willing to take some chances on Dos Anjos in tournaments at 7.2K. All right, and finally, I'm going to move on to another matchup that I'm pretty excited to target. It's Jamie Malarkey versus Michael Johnson. Malarkey is 9.1K, Johnson 7.1K on DraftKings. Malarkey is minus 235 to win, so a considerable favorite there. Um, I like both sides of this matchup. I think that Malarkey is going to be a little bit overlooked because he's priced right above Fizayev and right below Saeed Nurmagomedov and David Onama. So at the very least, people are going to spread their ownership out in this range. And it's quite possible that Malarkey is the lowest owned fighter of this range. And he has no guarantee to succeed. And it, I mean, it's Jamie Malarkey. He's not like a great talent, but he fights at a pretty high pace. He's tough and he can wrestle and grapple and strike. And we hit on Michael Johnson in Johnson's last fight against Alon Patrick because Patrick is just, you know, not a good wrestler, but dependent on wrestling, weak cardio, weak durability. And he still had some success against Johnson before Johnson knocked him out. I just, you got to go back to the four consecutive losses from Johnson in a row in which he was outgrappled by Guida, submitted by Moises, outgrappled by Stevie Ray, knocked out by Josh Emmett. And I just, I'm hesitant to just push that all away and say, okay, Johnson's returned to form. I still feel like he's probably going to have issues against grapplers. I still am a little bit worried about his chin. And Malarkey will fight at a high enough pace that he can score points and, and make things happen if we get the typical type of Michael Johnson who falls apart. Now, I'll touch on why I like Johnson in a second, but Malarkey in his two UFC wins, I mean, first round knockout over Kamaworthy, second round knockout over Devontae Smith. He also has landed five takedowns over Ferez landed three takedowns in a competitive matchup over Brad Riddell, coming off a knockout loss to Jalen Turner, who we touched on last week. No shame in that. I think Malarkey has finishing upside here. I think he can land a few takedowns, um, earn some control, and I think he could even hurt Michael Johnson. Am I extremely confident in that? 
Definitely not. But he's plus 105 inside the distance. That's that's a really good number. And again, I just think he's going to be a little bit overlooked because he's priced right in this Onama, Nurmagomedov, and Fizayev range. And Malarkey in his two DraftKings wins has put up 109 and 128 points. So he's proven that he has fantasy upside. Um, this isn't necessarily a spot that you have to be extremely aggressive with because I do like most of the other fighters I've named here. I'm going to spread out my exposure as well. But it's the case where you have 9.3K of salary left. You're using a chalky construction. You got Ronnie Lawrence. You got Dos Anjos, whoever. So many people are just going to use that last 9.3K to play in David Onama. That's a situation where maybe you look to try and pivot away to a degree, play someone like Saeed or Jamie Malarkey, who still carries upside, but is going to be much less owned and much less owned in those types of construction. So I am interested in this matchup, and I definitely like Malarkey's upside. Michael Johnson at 7.1K couldn't win this fight if it plays out on the feet. That's the thing. I mean, he does come from a, a good wrestling background, and I know he hasn't excelled with it, recently but in the extreme recent past 2022 may 14th he uh defended some takedowns from patrick five of them kept the fight upright and won by knockout and jamie malarkey's coming off a knockout loss you know he was also hurt pretty badly by brad riddell so there are ways for johnson to win this fight as well and 7.1k if you're kind of looking for a, a not a dart throw but a, a punt in terms of salary purposes I'm, I'm somewhat interested in Michael Johnson. Um, I don't think he scores very well on a per-minute basis because I don't project him to land many takedowns. I don't project him to land a high number of significant strikes. But if he can keep this fight upright, he's still a good boxer. He still has fast hands. He's still very technical. And he's still facing an opponent who's been hurt multiple times in the UFC. So Johnson plus 355 inside the distance. That's not the worst number. 7.1K is so cheap that... I'm willing to take some chances on him at this price point, and I think it's an interesting matchup to go overweight to the field a little bit and uh, hope for a finish one side or the other. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you again for the support. You can follow me on Twitter at BradAppley, double T, double P, dailyfanmma.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. Best of luck this week, guys. Take care. Stay safe. I'll talk to you all soon. Peace.